Let us know the stories you want to hear. Rate and review Me Time and Murder on Apple Podcast and mention the British or Irish case you would like us to cover. Mine is on four now. Yeah, because I can't. He- I couldn't hear you last time at all. Like, whenever I- I've been editing this this week, and there's like, I like you like ask questions. You like ask me a question, and I just keep going because I couldn't hear. Yeah, me. no, you couldn't hear me. You couldn't hear me. <laughs> I was just like, I'm just, like, just like ignore me, and you're just like, do you it's think like- that that's like the reason why this happened? And I'm like. And then Michael Malloy went It's like, do you know, like when you're in like a group conversation and yeah. someone does that to you, they kind of like snub you and pretend they didn't yeah. hear you. But we're the only two people talking. <laughs> so it's like, okay. It's like, oh, all right. Yeah. It happens. I love when it happens when you're in a group of people yeah. and then they'll just like keep talking and it's like so awkward. Uh. I love it. Me Time and Murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, well, big surprise. Tress, what have you got on your face? Today, I've got the Ordinary AHA and BHA peeling solution. It's that red bottle. You love that one. I love this one. Yeah, I love the tingle and I love the result. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've got. What about you? Um, oh, I have got my Sephora peppermint gum mask. I like it, and it's like really like cooling and stuff because I was drinking last night. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking? I am just having a decaf tea from Lidl. That I, you know, it's the type that you have like milk with, so it's like a normal. Oh, it's like a regular tea. English cup of tea. I know a tea with milk. We've I never know. even yeah. like how many episodes have we recorded, and we've never just had a regular I cup. Just had normal, <laughs> normal tea. I know. Sometimes I am in the mood for it. Oh, Daddy loves a good cup of tea, doesn't he? He's very particular about how it's made. Yeah, there's a lot of steps lot involved. Of steps. Jaren knows how to make it though. Oh yeah, once you know how to make it, you're like you're in there with daddy. Because Jaren was living with yeah with us for so long. Like Jaren is just like, I'm the tea boy, I'm the tea boy. And you can, <laughs> you can see Joseph is like looking at him like, hmm, this is my role. Getting put out. <laughs> they should, we should have like the tea wars. <gasps> we should do a tea off. Like, oh my god. And then daddy could do like a blind taste test, like who made which. <laughs> Tea, like who's the better team that would be epic that would be so funny yes we should do- totally that do that so good. oh i am just drinking um rice tea roasted rice tea i love it i drink it a lot mm. it's really tasty so mm. last time we were talking about annie mccarrick that is correct she went missing in limerick no no nope. you're incorrect <laughs> <laughs> we can cut this out it's a mountains yes in Limerick. No. No, Wicklow. Wicklow. <laughs> Why did I say Limerick? So in the last episode, Annie McCark was a US student living in Dublin. And then she went to see the Wicklow Mountains. And she was apparently last seen at a pub close to the Wicklow Mountains. And she's never been found. And this was a string of disappearances. Yes. Yeah. We finished with a cliffhanger of what is Ireland's vanishing triangle. So scary that name so I'm just going to go through the disappearances Annie is still a cold case yep still unsolved wow yes Annie McCarrick went missing in March of 1993 Mm -hmm. okay so Eva Brennan 39 
She went missing in July, on July 25th, 1993. So only a few months, March, April, May, June, July. Yeah, only a few months after. Mm -hmm. Before Eva disappeared, she was at a family lunch at her parents' house. A few days later, her dad went to check on her at her apartment, as he hadn't heard from her in a few days. She had been suffering from depression, so they were worried about her. When dad couldn't get a response, he and another guy had to break a window to get into her flat. The jacket she had worn on the family lunch was still in the flat. So they knew she had made it home that night. So it'd been a few days and like she would apparently like have lunch at theirs nearly like every day. And and that's it. Okay. Yeah, very short. So basically she just like went to lunch with her parents at her parents' house. Then she went home. She got home. And that's the last anybody seen of her. Weird. Yeah, there's no CCTV footage. She just up and vanished. She obviously lived alone. Yeah, 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 she did. She was a bit of a loner and she was suffering from depression. Did she have a job? I'm not too sure. So the Brennan family, they have like heavily criticized the police for how they dealt with Eva's disappearance. Like, for example, they, they were saying that like Eva was connected with this guy called Michael Bambrick, who was a convicted murderer and... He was convicted of killing and burying two women in Dublin. The Brennan family are like, this is not likely. Eva was a bit of a loner. She didn't really go outside. Mm -hmm. It took them three months to begin the investigation. What? The next woman to go missing is Amelda Keenan. She was 22 years old and she went missing on January 3rd, 1994. These are all very close together. Very close together, right? Shakers. Amelda was living in Waterford and she told her boyfriend I'm away off to the post office. So at half one, she left the apartment and was spotted walking down the street and crossing the road by an associate who knew her well. Mm-hmm. And that was it. She was never seen again. Wow. From what research I got, she didn't make it to the post office. No. Yeah. Jeez. Isn't it so crazy? You can just be walking. You know, like you would see your friend in town, be like, oh, look, there's... there's yeah, there's I mean, this is in the daytime. Yeah, in the daytime, know? in the middle of the day. Yeah. In 2009, her family offered a 10,000 euro reward for information that would lead to her whereabouts, but nothing has came of it. Josephine Jojo Dollard, 21. She went missing on November 9th, 2000 and, or 1995. So it's a little bit... Yeah, but it, it, it's close enough that this could still be the same person snatching these women. Mm-hmm. Person or persons. Mm-hmm. Like, because if you know about the serial killers, like, sometimes they will have, like, a little rampage and a cooling off period. Yeah. And it's almost like they don't need it again yeah. until a little while. Yeah. But then saying that, there could be people missing and nobody knows. People just don't know that they're they're gone. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. sex workers or homeless people just this is true you know yeah the people could have been women could have been snatched off the streets and just nobody knows you could have had like this is just who we know about yeah so Mm -hmm. josephine dollard she was living also in harold's cross county dublin on the day she disappeared she was catching a bus to go back to her family home accidentally missed it and so she had to get a bus to nas instead she then began to hitchhike the rest of the way home there is an unconfirmed sighting of her walking along the road alone. 
Do we know what time that was at? No, it's not confirmed. But she was last seen using a pay phone. And through telephone records, they were able to get to this phone call. Police were able to find the call. The call was made at 11.37pm to her friend. She then ended the call because she said she needed to get in to another car. They were able to hear this conversation mm-hmm. or just that the friend told the police that was a conversation? They were able to get... Mm, I'm not too sure, actually. Because a pay phone... I know, back in the day, I don't think they would have necessarily No, recorded. it doesn't record. No. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. You're right. It's not like she couldn't have told her anything of use because she wasn't... She didn't know that she was in danger. She wasn't abducted at that point. I know. So she ended the call and got in to... Um, a car got into somebody's car and the driver of that car has never been identified oh. like we know she got into a car because she told her friend mm-hmm. she was getting into a car but she didn't tell her who with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or like where they were going or no. uh seems a little bit weird i feel like if i was on the phone i definitely i don't know i suppose that maybe it was a rushed phone call i don't know mm. fiona pender 25 she was from offley she went missing on August 23rd, 1996. She was last seen leaving her apartment by her boyfriend. Fiona was seven months pregnant at the time of her disappearance. No. In 2008, a small wooden cross bearing the name Fiona Pender was found on the Sleeve Bloom Way. What? Creepy as hell. So. Stop it. People think that she's buried in there somewhere but have they not dug it up i don't know how big it is it's a mountain yeah but like the cross is usually the burial site i'm not too sure so we're not say so are we saying this is relatives and loved ones believe she's somewhere in the mountain so they just put it there i took it as the killer felt guilty that's what i took it as and whenever i tried to do research like it didn't really nothing really came up weird Kira Breen, she is the youngest, 17, from Dundalk. She went missing in February 13th, 1997. Kira was last with her mother. They had been up late watching movies. Then they went to bed just after midnight. At about 2am, her mum got up to go use the bathroom. And she, when she looked in on Kira, like she's seen that her daughter was gone. Stop. Mm-hmm. That is the most frightening thing. Mm-hmm. What age was Kira again? 17. Oh, no. So they found in Kira's room that she had left, like, the window on the latch. <gasps> no. Yeah. And it is believed that Kira did this. Like, Kira, that they think that she snuck out of the house to, like, meet a boy or something like that and went out, like, the front door. And then uh-huh. it was probably those, the doors with the snibs, you uh-huh. know, like, once you close it, you're... You're locked You're out. Locked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she left her bedroom window open so that she could climb back in. Okay. In 2014, two credible witnesses came forward with sightings from the night she disappeared. And then in 2015, a man in his 50s was arrested under suspicion, but later released without charge. Oh. Yeah. They're very, these are very unsettling. There's not a lot to go on. I feel like when you hear other stories, there's like footprints or there's scratches. There was a cigarette butt. Yeah. There was something. There was a strange car in the area. Like mm-hmm. nothing. Fiona, Fiona Sinat, 19, of 
County Wexford, she went missing on February 8th, 1998. Fiona was last seen by other people leaving a pub with her ex-boyfriend, Sean. And Sean is also the father of their 11-month-old daughter. Mm -hmm. So according to Sean, Fiona was feeling unwell. She was complaining of pains in her arm and upper body. So although they were broke up, they still got on. So he stayed the night in the spare room at hers. The next morning, she said she was still in pain and she was going to hitchhike her way to the doctor's. Oh, God. So Sean's mum, who had been looking after the 11-month-old, picked him up in her car and then drove Sean home. Fiona was never seen again. Oh, my God. The mum should have come, picked her up and took her to the hospital. Like, she was coming to get him anyway. Yeah, that's what I thought. But you don't because know what their relationship is. so frustrating. Is. I know, but she's that's her grandchild's mother. Yeah take her to the hospital like that's very frustrating that that could have been avoided well this is assuming it, that like she was there because this is according to oh. sean so sean said okay. all this happened and that when he left she was there yeah there was no records yeah, there was no witnesses no nobody called in to say they had seen her hitchhiking the last place she was seen by other people other than sean was leaving the pub with him it was discovered that she did not see a doctor that day. She didn't go to the hospital, mm. to the clinic, or to anything like that. The investigation also failed to find any evidence that she had been hitchhiking at all. And then, when the police searched Fiona's house, they noticed that it had been stripped bare of a number of her personal belongings. What? There was no clothes or personal items that would indicate that a teenage girl and her 11-month-old daughter were actually living there what mm. all the stuff was gone what the hell mm-hmm. later locals reported to police that they had seen a number of black bags outside of the property too you see like i get it i get it if he's trying to get rid of her but he's holding on to the baby so why throw out baby stuff that doesn't make any sense unless they're trying to make it look like she took off as news of fiona's disappearance continued to spread and gain more attention, a local farmer told police that he had discovered a number of black bags in the corner of one of his fields. Oh. Inside, he found a number of items and documents that had Fiona's name on them. Jeez. The farmer set fire to these bags as he initially thought that it was it was a case of someone illegally dumping on his land. That's fair enough. Yeah. People do do that. They do do that. And then a few weeks later, he's like, Oh shit, that's the girl. I seen her name. The lesson there is to hold on to at least a few documents. Yeah. Even because if it if they are doing that illegally on your land, you should kind of hold on to their name to reprimand them yeah. if it keeps happening. Do you know like he was a bit silly not to hold on to anything. I don't know what the repercussions are. But he sounds trustworthy enough because by bringing that to light to the police that puts him into the case. Mm-hmm. So, like, why would you want to do that, even though some killers love doing that? Yeah. But, you know, I think he's credible. Says me, like, this happened years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. Um, police were of the opinion that someone was trying to mislead them and to give the impression that Fiona had run off, what you yeah. were saying. But, like, would she have run off without her kid? yeah that that makes no sense that part they always do that with mums with kids and it's never believable it's just just like no yeah they're like Like, okay i get that it happens sometimes 
but there's usually warning signs of that of them being absent and you know on september 12th 2008 a memorial plaque for fiona was stolen from a cemetery on our ladies island in wexford what on earth the marble plaque which had been cemented into the wall was removed the night before it was due to be unveiled what yeah I personally, I don't think this is like a serial killer. It's like this is somebody who knows her and hates her. Yeah, it's very personal. Very, very personal. personal. Yeah. Because like the serial killer, like they don't go in and they don't take garbage bags full of stuff and put it in the field. No. You know what I mean? They don't clean the house. They're just interested in the body. But she's on the list uh, of the of the missing of the missing women uh and we're on to the last one deirdre jacob 18 of kildare she went missing on july 28 1998 this is meant to be one of the most confusing ones uh, that people really okay. latch on to deirdre was okay. walking home when she disappeared from her parents driveway what yeah the hell yeah what it, the, this one is the one that people like get like you could probably go into it a bit more but I think I feel like this is like it like I've su- I've summarized it <laughs> like that's it okay okay that's so good. multiple passing drivers witnessed Deirdre Jacob within yards of her parents driveway she had been in town and was walking home she was crossing the road to go to her parents house and she was like what last thing walking on the driveway going up into the house but she never made it into her house. <gasps> yeah. Never seen again. Bonkers. So, like, that's... To me, I'm like, this is, like, somebody's being, like, opportunistic. Mm-hmm. Like, they're literally just grabbing women and throwing them in their car. Totally. Just grab. Yeah. I find it so... It's so strange, though, because, like, it's in broad daylight. Like, surely, like, somebody would have seen that. You would think, wouldn't you? Or like, what if her parents were in the house and would they have seen out the window? You just expect somebody to see yeah. something. Uh-huh. But I guess sometimes there's not somebody always looking. Things do happen, you know. Yeah. So there are a few suspects. Um, we touched on the suspect last time in Annie McCarrick case. So convicted mm-hmm. rapist Larry Murphy has been suspected of the one being responsible for, they're pretty sure that he's responsible for Annie McCarrick, uh, Jojo Dollard, and Deirdre Jacob because he lived in that area at the time. Yeah. Okay. And if you remember, he also was arrested and, and he went to jail for, so he abducted a woman, he kidnapped her, put her in his Toyota boot drove her to Wicklow Mountains and then while he was halfway there took her out beat her up raped her put her back in the boot drove her off to the Wicklow Mountains where he raped her orally vaginally and anally and when she was like trying to fight back and trying to get him off he took out a plastic bag and put it over her head yeah I remember you telling me that until these two hunters came and they were like, what are you doing? What the fuck? They knew him and they stopped him and they, they yeah. grabbed the girl and they were like, okay, come on. Could you imagine seeing that in the mountains? Like, 
you're out for like a hunt or a trek mm-hmm. or a what on earth yeah and i'm assuming it was during the daytime as well i'm not too sure well like daylight or like you know who's out in the mountains in the dark like mm-hmm. mental i suppose some people might be hunting in the dark i don't know I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So they so 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 um that girl obviously got away. And what did they do to him? Did they do like a citizen's arrest? I wonder. Or like, well, they knew who it was. So they the cops went to the police and they were like, "Got we we found Larry Murphy trying to murder this woman." I would just be nervous that he would try to run. Then you see, but obviously he didn't. He got caught. No, he didn't. He got caught. So he served. He got. He served 10 years of a 15-year sentence. So a lot of people are angry They like because he never apologized to this woman. He said that she was lucky to be alive. She's alive, isn't she? Uh. Yeah, he had no remorse, no regret, didn't care. And whenever he was in prison, he never, like the same, he never apologized, didn't care. And he never took any behavioral training classes or courses. He didn't do anything to improve himself. So I was like, how do you, like, if you serve 10 years of a 15-year sentence, so you get out on good yeah. behaviour, but does the behavior, uh-huh. good behaviour, does that not also involve that you have to do these courses? Is it literally, like, if you don't get in a fight yeah, for 10 years? Yeah, that sounds like what it is, right? which is bonkers. Surely there should be some type of, like, motivation, like you have to go to AA, you have to go to behavioural training, you have to go to... Good behaviour is a load of bullshit mm-hmm. because... They want to get out and do this again. Mm-hmm. They want it so badly that they are going to behave good. They're going to hold mm-hmm. all their anger in for as long as it takes. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to release it when they get out. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't doesn't make sense to me, this whole good behavior. Bollocks. Mm-hmm. You had people in school who were like on their best behavior, but then they were absolute assholes. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. but It just means that they can bide their time and play by the rules because they're so driven to do you know like it's oh it's stupid it doesn't make any sense there is another uh suspect and this guy is a former army sergeant father of five uh john Crerer. john is from kildare so he lives in the area where a lot of these women were abducted and he was mm-hmm. also found guilty of the murder of a of a woman okay her body was found naked and strangled in a forested area in Wicklow. Uh, she was found on in January 1980. He only got convicted recently, because, well, not recently, he got convicted in the early 2000s because of DNA. Oh, wow. Love that. Yeah. Local neighbours also state that John would often access this abandoned quarry. And there are also other theories that John Crerer and Larry Murphy may have worked together you're gonna say that to like help each other abduct these girls yeah it's possible it sounds likely if you ask me the amount Mm -hmm. of girls and Mm -hmm. the weird fishy circumstances it just sounds like there was people watching and looking out for opportunities i i I could believe that Mm -hmm. that it was the two of them so there is the idea that it is it could be them there is a serial killer or there's like multiple serial killers like there's been a few Mm. in that area over time yeah and they can be connected helping each other out and Mm -hmm. i know like sometimes it does feel unlikely because it's like how do two serial killers meet and you know but like it can happen 
there have been women who've went missing and their bodies have been found. Oh. So they're not in the van- vanishing triangle because their bodies have been found. It is thought that the disappearances of Eva Brennan and Fiona Pender, the pregnant lady, were mm-hmm. perpetrated by the same person who murdered Antoinette Smith and Patricia Doherty. Mm-hmm. Smith was a 27-year-old mother of two. She went missing in 1987. Her body was discovered a year later in a shallow grave in the foothills of Dublin Mountains. Jeez. The same with Patricia Doherty. She was 34. She disappeared while Christmas shopping on December 23rd, 1991. Christmas shopping. So sad. In June 1992, her remains were found by men digging turf in the same area of the Dublin Mountains. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. There might be more, but there's been two women have been found. So they were missing Mm -hmm. and then they've reappeared. But it might Mm -hmm. be because like the serial killer may have like, right, okay, we'll have to make sure that nobody finds these bodies. And so he's went to it. He's went higher up or he's went deeper into the mountains or so some of the detective work that has been done. Not a lot because there's not a lot to go off. So the lake has been drained. The countryside scoured. They have brought in like a lot of like top detectives, mostly like UK and Ireland, to like mm-hmm. investigate. It, with suspicions of a serial killer or serial killers, in October 1998, Operation Trace was set up to oversee all these missing cases. Wow. The disappearances then stopped. What? Once the task force began? Mm-hmm. Weird. Mm-hmm. What year was that again, sorry? 1998. And like, when was the last disappearance? 1998. Wow. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that person was still active and just stopped because they were like, I'm going to get caught. Yeah. Jesus. So Operation Trace has not been successful. There has been numerous appeals uh, on the media, um, but nothing has ever, no progress has ever been made. Police state that there is nothing that there is actually nothing that definitely links the women, the, these missing women in the triangle. So, for example, none of the women were, like, staying in, like, the same hotel. None of the women were, like, at the same university. None of the women worked together. None of the women had, like, the same people in contact. They didn't run mm-hmm. in the same social circles. Like, mm-hmm. with no crime scene, no evidence, and no bodies detectives they are baffled and they're stuck and they've got nothing to go on the police have called in Mm -hmm. help from the british police force forensic scientists and psychologists and the fbi wow but when the fbi makes a criminal profile they go off remaining evidence that's at the scene or clues Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's no shoe size there's no fingerprints there's no hair there's no blood Mm -hmm. You know, there's no weapons. There's no there's nothing to go off. So it's impossible to create a criminal profile. Yeah, and it's still ongoing. I think I was reading an article today about Larry Murphy because he's European. You know, with the passport. He just like keeps going in and out of all these different countries, and they don't know who he is. The fact that like he is in the world bothers me. Mm -hmm. What on earth? Yeah, and that is the case, still active, 
of the Ireland's Vanishing Triangle. Crazy shit. Mm-hmm. So frightening. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. I just feel for all the families. That's a lot of fucking families of girls. It is, right? Keep hopeful and you never know what can happen. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the next episode. Gonna yeah, me too. I don't know like, what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> all right, we'll see you on the next one, guys. Slána Bye. Me Time and Murder would like to thank and acknowledge our sources that make this podcast possible. References can be found on our Instagram page.